like the tree planted by the rivers of living water, that he shall not bend and he shall not break. I praise you for such a strength in him that he will stand the adversity of the times and he will not bend or break under the power and the pressures. I thank you that even in elementary and even in junior high and high school, it shall be seen that he shall not be one who compromises, but he shall be one who stands strong in you. Thank you, Lord God. At times there shall be this strong character that his parents will see and the strong determination. And many times you would say, this boy seems rebellious, but it's not rebellious. It's an inner strength that I've put within him for him to stand as a prophet in these last days. So I praise you for the spirit of the Lord that's within him, that's bubbling on the inside of him. And I dedicate him to you, his spirit, his soul, his mind, and his body to serve you all the days of his life. And Lord, I anoint this mom and this dad. And Lord, as they, they nurture and raise these two precious young men, I thank you that they will impart and they will be faithful in serving you together as a family. And I praise you that you shall cause them, Lord God, to see the words to impart into their lives. And I give you praise for it in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. He kept reaching for the microphone. Hallelujah. Amen. He kept reaching for it. He's going to be a preacher. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. God bless you. Hallelujah. Lord, continue to watch over Thomas. Keep him safe. Are you going back? You going back? Lord, keep him safe. Thank you for watching over his heart. Thank you for this young man who is serving our country. Thank you for the precious blood. And Lord, let him know that we have been lifting him up. But Father, his mom and dad is so proud of him. And they constantly lift up his name that you guard and you protect him. And thank you that you brought him back. And you will bring him back again because he shall go and he is blessed going and coming. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you, soldier. Hallelujah. We're proud of you. God bless you. God bless you all. Hallelujah. The grandparents. Hallelujah. Beautiful. Beautiful. I know you're the big sister. God bless you, my brother. have your son back. God bless you. Oh, hallelujah. You know, babies mean new beginnings. And hallelujah, I want you to know there's new beginnings going on in this church. There's good things happening. There's good things happening. And, and I just want to encourage you. Look with me in Genesis chapter 37. Genesis chapter 37. Everybody say new beginnings. Hallelujah. He's raising up a chosen people. A chosen people. Many are called or few are chosen. He's raising up a chosen people. A sold out, dedicated people to the Lord. And I want you to see in Genesis chapter 37 verse 19. I know the minds and hearts of many people is what's going on today. What's going on in this hour. What's been going on for the last few weeks and a few months. It's like, who can figure all this out? It says, as you know, Joseph's brothers took him and it says in verse 19... Then they said to one another, look, this dreamer is coming. Come, therefore, and let us now kill and cast him into some pit. And we shall say, some wild beast have devoured him. And listen to what it says. And we shall see what will become of his dreams. And I want you to know right now that as the enemy is coming and, and he's trying to attack the mindset of our people and he's trying to uh, attack and say, what will become of the dreams of your future? What will become of your dreams of your children going to college when if you listen to the news, it doesn't sound like there's much hope in the future 
of your children going to college? What's going to become of the future of you getting that home you've been desiring? What's going to come of the future, your dreams as far as the job or the education or the ministry? What's going to become of your dreams as far as your children growing up and serving the Lord? Or what's going to become of the dream, the American dream? What's going to come to the dream of America? But I want you to know that when they said this and they had taken the coat that his dad gave him in honor of the righteous son that he was. And though he didn't do anything to deserve what he got, he was thrown in the pit. He was sold into slavery. He was lied about. He was persecuted. He was attacked. He was pressured. But he didn't only have dreams beforehand that his brothers and his father were going to bow down and they were going to honor him. But what he didn't know that beyond those dreams he had, that all Egypt was going to bow in honor of a Hebrew boy. What he couldn't imagine that he was going to one day wear the gold right off of Pharaoh's fingers. He One day he was going to live right in Pharaoh's palace. And one day he's going to be considered the second one in charge, giving wisdom and revelation to Pharaoh. What will become of his dreams? I'll tell you what became of his dreams. His dreams took him through the pit and it took him through the prison. It took him through the pressure. It took him through the lies. It took him through all that the enemy could throw his way, even including family. And many times the Lord the Lord will have to rescue you and give you the strength that when family come against you, when people at work come against you, when people lie about you, when the government and everything seems to be changing and you just don't know what to believe and the enemy says now what will become of your future you're old you're not able to do anything anymore and you've got to rise up and say but I've had a dream and I still have a dream that my latter end is going to be greater than even my beginning I've got a dream that if the Lord is for me who and what can be against me I have a dream that greater is he that is in me than he that's within this world I don't care how much came against Joseph his dreams of his beginning were only touching the dreams that God had placed within him and upon him to fulfill what God had planned. Not all the country was going through a recession and a famine, but Joseph was in charge of it all. The Lord puts up what man cannot do and the Lord puts down what man cannot put down. I want to encourage you today with all the talk. You remember there is a king in Zion. With all the information, with everything that we're, we may be hearing or seeing nowadays, the pressures you're living with right now, maybe even financially or through family, through friends, maybe through exes, maybe through children, maybe on the job, maybe the persecutions that's going on, even a job for you being a Christian and you standing in the faith and not compromising and the names they may be calling you and your boss asking you to lie and you say I won't lie he says then you'll get fired then God just have to give me another job maybe in all these pressures the enemy's laughing and saying now what's going to become of your dreams and you just look at the devil and you say they shall be fulfilled every one of them because the dreams didn't come from you Satan it didn't come from me and it didn't come from dominoes but it came from the kingdom of heaven and the dreams that my God gave me they shall be fulfilled each and every one so I want you to know that if the devil's been fighting you it's because he knows there's a dream bigger on you than you've ever dreamed to this day we haven't even begun to dream we haven't even begun to plan we haven't even begun to work. There's a supernatural anointing coming for these end times because he said in the last days he was going to pour out his spirit. And he talked about a rain that was going to come that's going to be the former and the latter rain coming together. And I know a lot of people say, I have heard about that for years. Well, the thing about it is it just had to get dry enough 
for the rain to come thick enough to saturate what we haven't done in a long time. And there's a saturation coming from the glory of God. There are clouds developing in the heavens. There's clouds developing like in the days of Noah. And when God sends rain, He knows how to send rain. And He knows how to cover everything that needs to be covered. So if there's something that hasn't been uncovered by the hand of God, I want you to know it's going to be uncovered. And the glory of God is going to come down like the rain. And it's going to saturate your family. The backslidden, the lost, the victims, the hurting, those who have been slain. My God is able to give a rain that raises the dead. It causes the wells to come alive. It causes your fountain to flow. There's a rain of the latter end that no matter what the devil tries to do, there's a rain that's going to come through and saturate and cause his people to start rejoicing that there is oil and wine in Zion. That there is a power of the Holy Ghost and the power that's in the name of Jesus that is alive to quicken and make good those dreams when there's a seal from the King of Jesus. It is sealed only between you and Him. And the devil cannot read it. The devil does not know it. And you say, oh, the devil threw a wrench in this. Well, it's just because you were thinking too small and God had to break the small thing to make the bigger thing. Whenever you feel like, oh, you know, it just looks like it's getting smaller. It looks like my money's not lasting long enough. It looks like my family's not serving God big enough. Well, it's just because he had to break what's there because you weren't thinking big enough. And he's getting ready to develop and build something bigger than you could even imagine, hope, or think. He says the things your eyes have not seen. I've got to break the things your eyes are seeing because that's all you're looking at. So that I can build the new thing that you haven't even yet imagined. When they laughed at Joseph and threw him in that pit, I'm sure he thought of many times, this is it. They're talk, talking of killing me, my own brothers. But I want you to know, God is the author of the dream, not Joseph. God is the author of your life, not your boss, not the government, not even the devil, because you are bought and purchased with the precious, redeemed blood of Jesus Christ. And there is nothing that can upset or stop his plans, says the Lord. It's written. Nothing can thwart or stop his plans. With us, just come forward. Let's get ready to receive this morning's offerings and tithe. And we just love you and we bless you. I want to tell you, just don't stop dreaming. Don't stop believing. Have faith in God. 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 He will never leave you or forsake you. The Lord bless you. Oh, hallelujah. Praise the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. I had a prayer request. Lord, we just lift up Tristan Laborde, the coughing sinuses, and Barbara Laborde, sinus and arthritis, and we just speak healing to them. And we thank for health and healing to all of their flesh. We praise you for touching bodies and minds, spirits and souls here today. Father, we've come here for you, and we thank you. You are here for us. As we glorify you in your presence, in Jesus' name, amen and amen. Oh, Lord, this looks like a firing squad. <laughs> I guess so. Come here, babe.
is Fast Appreciation Month, and uh, representing the uh, singles couple is uh, Kay, and then we have Christian Connection, uh, Ricky and Kathy, and of course the Young and Heart, <laughs> Brother Ray and uh, Carol. Carol. There you go. <laughs> I think my name is Marvin. <laughs> <laughs> this is Marvin. Fast and fast photo. We appreciate it so very much. Oh. I'm going to have to read this just. serving God in the ministry of helps and all different ministries His word of grace. We ask our Lord to bless you two precious people who have answered God's call to pastor this church. We thank you that you are faithful to that call. examples of God's love by your words and your actions. And you have made a difference in so many lives using the many gifts God has given you for this ministry. You have a great love for his people and a heart for the world. But most of all, you have deep love for God. Seeking his presence daily and we get the benefit of that. The word says, that a bonus of double honor is given. To leaders who do a good job. Especially the ones who work hard at preaching and teaching. You do take that very seriously, giving everything as unto the Lord, delivering powerful messages directly from the Holy Spirit, feeding us God's truth. We know that someday you will hear. Well done. My good and faithful servant. We uphold you and your family, praying God's protection, abundant provision, and great blessing. We love you with the love of Jesus. We do love you, Pastor. Yeah, Pastor. Thank you. We honor you. All right, Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. We love 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 you. We you. We love 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 you. We, we, couldn't, we couldn't do it without them. And they're so faithful, and we praise God for them, each and every one of them. We thank God for you. And I appreciate my Jesus. Where would we be without Him? And uh, this means so much, and I appreciate it. But do you realize today 
we would better lay our crowns at His feet and honor Him. All we will think about is Him. Sit at His feet and just praise Him and worship Him. Kiss those precious feet. I always talk about this song, but what a day that will be when my Jesus I will see. When I look into His face, the one who saved me by His grace, when He takes me by the hand, and He leads me through the promised land. What a day, glorious day, that will be. Oh, what a day that will be when my Jesus I shall see. When I look upon His face, the one who saved Takes me by the hand and leads. Sing it, sing it. What day, glorious day that will be. Oh, hallelujah. Who is that girl singing that over here? For, you better get up here, girl. There is coming a day. No heartache, no pain, and I better stop there. Hallelujah. How do you know there's, going to, there's coming a day? I don't care what the big A's, the big atheists are saying. There's coming a day. Because they can't feel what I feel. They don't know who we know. They're not convincing like the one we get to get on our knees and pray to and feel His presence and see His work and feel His power. They can put as big an A on their chest as they want to. I'll put a bigger J on my chest. Because I know Jesus is Lord. And I know my Jesus is alive. And I'm not ashamed of Him. Isaiah chapter 51. I want to share with you. The Lord changed my message this morning. And I just want to share with you. It goes along some of the same lines, but He spoke to me something I need to speak today. In Isaiah chapter 51, I just know the Lord wants to speak to us. And that's what we always desire and we pray. Lord, speak to us. Give us a word. Speak to us. What would you have us to hear from you today? In Isaiah chapter 51, verse 12, the Lord says, no matter what time or hour of life it is, it says, I, even I, am he who comforts you. Who are you? Who are you? That you should be afraid of a man who's going to die. And of the son of man who will be made like the grass. He says, and you forget the Lord your creator. Have you forgotten the Lord your creator? The one who stretched out the sky like a canopy and laid the foundations of the earth. Will you remain in constant dread of human oppressors? Will you remain in constant dread of human oppressors? Will you continue to fear the anger of your enemies? Will you continue to fear? I am the Lord. I am your comforter. Where is their furry and their anger now? It's gone. And soon all you captives will be released. And imprisonment, starvation, death will not be your fate. Can I hear an amen? Amen. Where are those 
that oppress you? Where are your oppressors? Where are your adversaries? And it says, I'm the Lord, your comforter. Will you remain and continue in fear? And as I was praying, I heard Sister Ethel did an awesome message on fear Wednesday night. I didn't get to hear the message yet. But something I want to share with you that I felt the Lord wants us to do is I want you to get a piece of paper or even that paper in front of you. And I want you to write down, what have you been afraid of lately? Because, you know, just like in worship, we just didn't stop a song and started another song. We went into prayer. Brother Jake went into prayer today. You know, you say, this was so different. Well, it's supposed to be different every time we get together. And it's not always the same thing. We don't always have to do the same way. We want to follow the leading of the Lord. And I felt the Lord says, I am the Lord, your comforter. And, and what right now, what are you afraid of? If you don't want to do it right now, do it before you go. And uh, if you don't want to come do it right now, because, you know, you see a lot of people on TV. They go and they, and I've seen it before, they throw money on the altar. And if you want to do that, that's fine too. But, but let me tell you, if you want to throw... But, but if you want to throw those papers, which you're, what you're afraid of, and you don't have to sign your name. It would be better if you don't. Whatever you're afraid of, write it on a piece of paper. Bring it on the altar before you go. And let us intercede as we're on a 40-day fast. Let us intercede Tuesday night over what has been tormenting you. But I have another challenge. You write that piece of paper of what you're afraid of now then you ought to be here Tuesday night warring over what's terrorizing you. We are going to stand in the gap, and not everybody can make it. I know that. But if you can make it, write down on a piece of paper, what has been causing you fear? And then I want you to write down, how long have you been fearing this? Let's kill it. Let's attack it. Let's war against it. What has been causing you fear? And how long has it been terrorizing you? Because I want to share something with you. Job says, that which I feared came upon me. And I'm going to read a portion of Scripture that the Lord gave me this morning. And we don't want the oppressors to have any power. And the oppressor can be a spirit of fear or terror of something that has attacked you from a child. And when the pressure or the right circumstances come, that fear comes back up. You might have been raised in a home of someone who went through the depression. And you heard all these ghastly stories. And now that you hear the word depression being used all the time again on the TV, that fear of doing food lines... Losing your home, not having a job, living poor, and dying of starvation starts to rise up. There are people who live in a constant fear of what would happen if this happens. But the Lord says, have you forgotten me, your comforter? Have you forgotten that I am the Lord, your comforter? And I want you to look with me in the book of Joshua. Joshua chapter 7. And you know... It doesn't matter how long we've been serving the Lord. It doesn't matter how many prophetic words we got. And listen, Joshua got a prophetic word from God himself. The Lord told Joshua, do not fear, be courageous. No man will be able to stand before you all the days of your life. God spoke to Joshua uh, uh, in his own, out of his own mouth. God spoke to Joshua a prophecy. But in chapter 7, they're fighting Ai. And some of their, their warriors get killed. And it says, I want you to look at the ending of verse 5. It says, therefore the, therefore, the hearts of the people melted and became like water. He's talking about God's people, church. It says in the Living Bible, 
the Israelites were paralyzed with fear at this turn of events. God's people were paralyzed with fear at this turn of events. And their courage, the thing God told them they had, melted away. Isn't that what you're seeing and hearing today? How easily. And I want to show you this. Look at, look at verse 6. Here's the man of God, Joshua. And Joshua tore his clothes and fell to the earth on his face before the ark of the Lord until evening. He and the elders of Israel, and they put dust on their heads. And Joshua said, Lord God, why have you brought this people over the Jordan at all? To deliver us into the hand of the Amorites to destroy us. All that we had been content and dwelt on the other side of the Jordan. Oh Lord, what shall I say when Israel turns his back before its enemies? For the Canaanites and all the inhabitants of the land will hear it and surround us and cut off your name from the earth. And what will you do for your great name? Isn't it amazing that it's so easy? Last year, it was so easy to shout, Hallelujah, glory, I believe God for anything. And now that the bailout hasn't worked, oh my God, what are we going to do? They can't fix it. Guess what? Prophets have been saying for a long time, they cannot fix it. He who borrows is a slave to who he lends. The bailout did not work. Everybody sees what's going on Wall Street and everybody's heart is becoming like water. What will become of my CO2? What will become of my H2O? What's going to become of my CDs? What's going to become of all of this stuff? And I know this stuff is serious, but listen to me. Joshua had a word of the Lord and already seen Jericho and all that fall. You can't see enough miracles to get you strong for the future. What you saw yesterday won't get you through tomorrow. And when you get under pressure, listen to me, church. When you get under pressure, Joshua reverted back into the people of Egypt, the slaves of Egypt, instead of being the prince of God. Instead of standing up and saying... Be of good cheer, people. Have you forgot the God who delivered us out of Egypt? He is able to deliver us now. Let's seek His face and go forward and seek the will of God. No, instead of saying that, he prayed just like the ten spies he had argued with years ago, saying, why didn't we just stay content to stay on the other side instead of come over here and perish? Isn't it amazing that when we get under pressure and when things aren't looking good, it's so easy to revert and start talking back like someone we have been redeemed from being. Isn't it something that we're so easy to fall back into saying, well, I'm not sure if God heals because I just got my third report and it's pretty bad. I don't know if God can meet my needs because, you know, I just got this paper and, and we're getting ready to lose our home. And Steph's saying, you know, my God promised me he was, David said, I was young and now I'm old, but I've never seen the righteous forsaken or their seed begging for bread. But you see, it says Joshua fell on his face and he prayed from morning to evening. And he used that word that we use, 
Why? Why, God? Why? Why, God? And he got on his face and he's crying out to God. And the elders fell down with him and they stayed all day and all day. God ends up speaking. But what I want to say before God starts speaking, he had fell on his face like they had been taught to fall on their face. And he said the words that he had heard and he had used before. But as we were in Texas the other day and we were supposed to be sharing what we were seeing in the spirit. And I saw something in the spirit and the Lord spoke to me and he said, and I went to share it. He says, no, I don't want you to share it with this group. I want you to share it with your group back home. This is the word of the Lord for your church. And as I saw that, and then he brought me to Joshua, it all came together that even though Joshua knew the right thing to do, it wasn't the thing to do at the moment. And God had to speak to him. And as he said, God, why? God spoke and said, Joshua, why? Why? Look at the next verse. Why are you on your face? Look at the next verse. Listen, when you start hearing the voice of God, I'm telling you right now, it's usually not going to be, he's usually will use the words you use to him back to you. Lord, why? And a long silence. And then all of a sudden when God says, he'll speak, why? And what did the Lord say to Joshua? Why are you on your face? Get up. Let me tell you something, church. You see, you see a shifting has happened in this church. Some have gone because they were offended. But news are coming. Because let me tell you something. God has never been, and his history is, he is not seeker-friendly. God did not say, oh, my blessed people, how blessed art thou. I am so hurt because of what you have gone through and the 35 who have been killed. I am so bothered about your state that you're so fearful and dismayed. Oh, how many times you hear people go and they love to get a word. Oh, yea, my brother, yea, the Lord would say, yea, the Lord would say, how precious and wonderful you are in my sight. Yea, I am so, well, I'm so pleased with you. Oh, how many times we hear a word a lot about that. But when you read God's covenant, usually he says, will you shut up? I'm just a child, he says, who told you you were a child. I'm scared. You're a valiant man. Now shut up. I told you last week, the Lord said, the preachers are coming like the word is a handkerchief to help them heal their soul. When I said my word is a sword, hold them down and I'm going to dig the bullet out. I'm coming with my word as a sword to dig it out. Let me tell you something. All this secret friendly and let's give a word that will make them feel right. Let's get a handkerchief and wipe their tears. You know what the Lord told me? He, he used me as an example, so I'm going to tell you all about my weakness and my temperament. The soul wipes its mouth and never gets enough. For example, in my temperament, and some of you know love languages, my intimate temperament need is words of affirmation. Not in public, that, that embarrasses me and blesses me and touches me, but cards, but especially with my wife. I drive her crazy because I'll put something in and I'll say, babe, does this look okay? Oh, it looks fine. But if she doesn't have a party and go, oh, my God, oh, you look so good. Oh, that looks so good. If she don't really go overboard, I say, it don't look too good, does it? And she goes, baby, it looks great. But if she don't go overboard, then I'll go, but baby, do you think maybe another tie would look better? No, honey, you look fine. <laughs> yeah, but you're really not acting excited about it. As she'll tell me, Russell, you're wearing me out. 
I said, I know, baby, but I want it to look right. I told you an hour ago, it looks right. I don't know how, how else to tell you. You look great. But there's a need in me that since I met her, she was 14, and she would do all this, oh my, all that stuff back then. <laughs> 29 years down the road, I'm still asking her that when I drive up to the, because I used to drive up to her house and she wouldn't let me get out of my car. She started running in my car and she was all excited and all happy. And I had, I was able to be cool. I didn't need you to brag on me because I could tell I'm the dog of the dog. <laughs> but now I have, but, but, but I had then and I still have now. I have this temperament need from her. Baby, do I look good? It's my hair. All this stuff. And I know you probably think, this guy's a fluke. Well, I'm just being honest. And listen, I'm 45 years old. And I haven't outgrown that. And I'm still asking her all the time, baby, does this look good? Or should I, or should I this? Or should I do that? I went changing my suit this morning. I'm giving a suit away. I said, this don't look right. She says, no, baby, it don't. I'm going to say, well, I'm giving it away because it never looks right. I mean, I did it this morning. And because that's part of my makeup that one day I'm going to have to fix, I guess, or just not care. But, you know, it's just part of that because I've got to hear her say, wow. <laughs> when I wear that shirt and I walk out, she goes, Mazorro. <laughs> then I know I'm cooking. When she says, ooh, Mazorro, I go, y mamá, aquí estoy, aquí está tu Mazorro, pero va mi mujer, vení por aquí. And the Lord says, you see how, you know how you always, you, got, you can't hear one time from your wife is enough? That's how it is when you preach this to the soul of man. You can tell them one Sunday this, and the next Sunday they'll need to hear it again. And they need to hear it again. And they need to hear it again. And they need to hear it again. Because when you're just trying to minister to the soul of man, you keep reaching that part that's sensitive, but doesn't necessarily mature. Because you're wiping their eyes with the handkerchief. But there comes a time when my wife needs to slap me and say, Will you just get ready? Thank God she don't do that. But, I mean, it's like comes to a point where, you know, and, and, you know, it's gotten better. It's not as bad as it was. But what I'm saying is that when you minister to the soul of a person and you don't dig in them with the sword, when times get rough, the handkerchief ain't going to do. Because the reason you minister the sword is so that you will have a sword. Because if we just have a church of seeker friendlies, I just give everybody handkerchiefs and we just go around and we just keep oh, wiping each other's tears and going, oh, no, no, you know, you're just that way. It's going to be okay, baby. It's going to be okay. You know, you just had a weak moment. When sometimes you just got to say, you know what? Will you just grow up, pray and fast, get over that. I've heard you whining. I know what you did 10 years ago. But that's under the blood, my brother. And I'm tired of hearing you call yourself a this and a that. When now you are a son of God washed in the blood white as snow. Now will you just quit 
bringing up what you did last year, last month, or, or ten years ago, and will you just get over it, and now will you just start talking, Hallelujah, thank God I'm saved, washed, and filled with the mighty Holy Ghost of God. He said, Joshua, the Lord, so the Lord said to Joshua, Get up! You see the exclamation mark? He didn't say, oh, my poor little baby, get up. Oh, 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 Gotti, Gotti is so sad that you're going through this. Gotti is so sad that the United States is, is going through a financial market problem and all the world is saying, oh, y'all are messing us up. And oh, we got an Islam problem and we got a this problem and we got a that problem. Oh, my. No, God said, get up. Why do you lie on your face? Israel has sinned, and they have also transgressed my covenant, which I commanded them. For they have even taken some of the accursed things, and both stolen and deceived. They have also put it among their own stuff. God is saying, stop asking me why, when you need to be asking the people, why have they deceived and stolen and brought the accursed thing into their home? People go, well, I just don't know why we don't feel more of the presence of God. I don't think that preacher's preaching. I think you're too much on the Internet myself. I think you're renting and watching stuff you shouldn't be watching. And you say, I ain't watching any nudity. No, but how much cussing are you listening to? And you're saying, I don't see why it's more anointed. Well, why aren't you more anointed? Y'all liked it when I was telling about me, huh? But how you know this is a serious hour? And this is a moment of maturity and growing up. And he says, why did they bring some accursed things and put it among their own stuff? Therefore, the children of Israel, listen to what it says in verse 12. What's wrong? They could not stand before their enemies, but turn their backs before their enemies. God says we're supposed to resist the enemy, and he turns his back towards us and runs. But because they have become doomed to destruction, neither will I be with you anymore. That's what God is saying. He's not holding back here. He says, I'm not going to be with you anymore unless you destroy the accursed thing from among you. Verse 13, he tells them again, second time, get up. Oh, Brother Russell, what I'm going to do? Get up. How I'm going to make it? Get up. But I can't get up. I'm not going to be able to make it. Get up. But I feel this way. Get up. The Lord is saying, get up. Sanctify the people and say, sanctify yourselves for tomorrow, because thus say the Lord God of Israel cannot stand before you cannot stand before your enemies until you take away that accursed thing from among you. You cannot stand before your feelings. You cannot stand before the afflictions. You cannot stand before the sickness. You cannot stand before the devil. You cannot stand before the enemy until you get rid of that accursed thing. What a cursed thing. What has the Lord been dealing with you about? What do you know has stopped His presence from being around you? And it goes on to say, In the morning, therefore, you shall be brought before the tribes. And He lined all the people up according to their household. And verse 15 says, Then it shall be 
that he who is taken with the accursed things shall be burned with fire. He and all he has, because he has, listen when he says, he has transgressed the covenant. Now the reason we ask God why, because according to his covenant, Lord, you said in your word, you will never leave us or forsake us. You said that, Lord, you will fight our enemies. But he says, yeah, just like you believe in the covenant I have with you, you have a covenant with me. And that covenant says that you to obey my word and not have the accursed thing among you. And he says, because of that transgression, they have transgressed the covenant of the Lord and because they have done disgracefully thing to Israel. So Joseph rose early in the morning and he goes on saying, verse 19, And Joseph said to Achan, My son, I beg you, give glory to the God of Israel and make confession to him and tell me now why have you done and do not hide it. Why have you done this? My brother, you were an important man. Why did you bring this into your home? Why did you open the door for that? Where, make a confession now and glorify God. And Achan answered Joshua and said, Indeed, I have sinned against the Lord God of Israel. And this is what I have done. When I saw among the spoils a beautiful Babylonian garment. I mean, you've got to even wash the clothes. It says, 200 shekels of silver and a wedge of gold weighing 50 shekels. I coveted them and took them. And there they are, hidden in the earth, in the midst of my house, with the silver under it. So Joshua sent messengers, and they ran to the tent, and there it was, hidden in his tent, and the silver under it. And they took him from the midst of the tent, brought them before Joshua to all the children of Israel. They laid them out before the Lord. Then Joshua and all Israel with him took Achan, the son of Zerah, the silver, the garment, the wedge of gold, his sons. That defiled thing he brought into his house defiled his sons, his daughters, even his animals, his tent. And all that he had, and they brought it to the valley of Achor, which is the valley of trouble. And Joshua said, why have you troubled us? The Lord will trouble you this day. So all of Israel stoned him with stones, and they burned them with fire. After they had stoned them with stones, then they raised over him a heap of stones. Till to this day, the Lord turned from the fierceness of his anger. Therefore, the name of the place has been the valley of Achor to this day. You have brought this upon yourself, the Lord was saying. Someone in your midst. That's why, church, you hear me all the time and people say, oh, that's a broken record. Be careful what you bring into your home. Be careful what's coming across those TV airwaves. Be careful what's coming off of that music machine. Be careful what you're listening to, what you're reading, what you're saying, who you're fellowshipping with. Because you may be bringing the accursed thing into your home. It says it here. Even though you have a covenant with me, I cannot keep you from death for transgression that covenant. I cannot keep you safe. I cannot keep you healed. Until that accursed thing is destroyed out of your home or out of your life or out of your heart. This is strong, but this is where we have to examine ourselves today. Because listen, if you want to get rid of fear, we can give you all the scriptures on how to combat fear, and you need it for your soul and your mind. You've got to renew your mind by the Word of God. There's lots of ways to overcome fear, but you want me to tell you what's the greatest way to overcome fear? Live your life right. And you will have the courage to face any devil, any decision, any affliction, any power, 
What happens if they lose? What happens if you lose your home? Then I hope I can find me a good tent. What's going to happen if you lose your car? Well, I got a bicycle. I'll reinflate the tires, all the chain, and start riding a bicycle. But one thing I'm not going to do is I'm not going to blame God. And all of this, Job did not curse God. You hear me, church? Well, it's the government's fault. No, it's not. It's the church's fault. Because if you listen to the news, it's not only the preachers and the worship leaders who are being caught in sin. It's the, it's the judges of the land, too. Judgment is falling on leadership, whether it's of the world or of the church. Judgment has been begun. But if you have nothing to hide, if you can look God and each other in the face, then you can look any devil in the face. I had a sorcerer for two hours in that room back there. And he told me about his connection with the death angel and the pastors he's killed and I'll be the next in this church, this and that and the other and all the stuff that he said. He looked me in the eye just like I've looked witch doctors and witches in the eye. And because I know my heart's right with God, you, you go ahead, you try to do a stare down, devil. You try to intimidate me, Mr. Saucer. I'll show you what God does to Harry Potter's. You want to conquer fear. It's because you know your covenant is strong with God because your life is right. God, here you go. There was a song, an old country western song. Uh, Evan Neville sang it, The Grand Tour. None of you heathens know that song, do you? He used to sing a song about the grand tour. Well, you can say, Holy Ghost, take a grand tour of my heart. Take a grand tour of my house. Take a grand tour. And if there be any evil way in me, then I want to fix it. Because when I come to face the enemy, I want to be ready right then and there. I knew a pastor in Argentina. He went to cast out the devil out of this girl. And my worship leader was with him. And uh, before he was my worship leader. And he, went, he was a Bible school student. And when this pastor went in to cur- take, curse this devil out, this girl, this girl beat him up. And he ran out of the room and locked the door behind him, got on his knees and called his disciples and said, Y'all come pray with me. I got to pray hard before I get back in there, if I go back in. We got to be ready. Don't fall on your face. Don't beg me to do something. I've given you authority. But the circumstances are too hard. Well, I am the God of the circumstances. Man, I wasn't even... Look at that. It's already 12. Well, can I just give you one more portion? Is it okay? I was going to... I thought this was going to last 50 minutes today. Oh, my God. Go with me to Habakkuk. Habakkuk. I'm sorry. Man, I didn't even get to my message. Habakkuk chapter 1. Don't worry, I'll finish this quick. Habakkuk chapter 1. This is the Word of God. Habakkuk chapter 1. Listen, listen to the prophet Habakkuk. Habakkuk, I'll give you a chance to find it. I know you don't look at it every day. Use your index. It's okay. God gave the index. Before He gave Genesis, He gave the index. <laughs> Go ahead and look it up. Habakkuk. Help, have some, if somebody else besides you got it, look on it with them. It's a hard book to find. You see, I had it, I had it marked. You there? 
This is the message that the prophet Habakkuk received in a vision. Verse 2. How long, O Lord, must I call for help? But you do not listen. Violence is everywhere, I cry. But you do not come to save. Must I forever see these evil deeds? Why must I watch all this misery? Wherever I look, I see destruction and violence. I'm surrounded by people who love to argue and fight. The law, the law has become paralyzed. Oh my God. The written word of God has become paralyzed. And there is no justice in the courts. The wicked far outnumber the righteous so that justice has become perverted. When you continue to read part of this and you read chapter 2, it talks about natural destruction, just like Psalms 46. If you want to write that down in Psalms 46, it talks about natural disaster in verses 2 and 3. Then it talks about war. Habakkuk talks about natural disaster, then he talks about war. And he's calling out here saying, everywhere I look, it's falling to pieces. It says in the message translation, the law and order fall to pieces and justice is a joke. Do you hear that said any time today? Justice is a joke. He says, I'm crying out to you. It looks bad. Habakkuk is saying, I know what will happen if Russia lets off its nukes. Korea lets off its nukes. I know what would happen in our country. We saw what happened with little old Katrina. What would happen with the nukes coming from Venezuela or Cuba or some Russian nuclear submarine? I know the devastation that would happen and what happened at 9-11. What would happen if they really had bombs coming towards our country? What do we do? In verse 12 it says, But, O Lord my God, my Holy One, You are eternal. Surely you do not plan to wipe us out. Surely you do not plan on wiping us out. Oh Lord, our rock, you have sent these Babylonians to correct us, to punish us for our many sins. But you are pure and cannot stand the sight of evil. Will you wink at their treachery? Should you be silent while the wicked swallow up people more righteous than they? What did he start doing? What did Habakkuk start doing? Listen to me. I didn't get to this. I told you what I received and I didn't get to it. I'm talking about Joshua. And now it comes to Habakkuk. This is what the Lord told me is getting ready to happen. You see, in the worship service, if we stop worshiping and start praying, the different things we're doing. This is what God spoke to me just this week while I was in Texas. He says, I'm getting ready to start a travail, a virgin travail from within the womb of my children. He says it was the travail of Mary in the tabernacle of that cave that brought on the host of God magnifying and glorifying me. It's going to take somebody who's never been there before, never done that before, doesn't know what to do. And the travail that can be the most painful at times and, and something that like only Mary, little Mary, little virgin, little 16 girl, year old girl in that cave. She had something within her womb that was given to her there by God, not by man, but by God. And through the instant travail. 
and the prevail and the prayer and the intercession. She had to give labor to something that she thought, I'm going to die. I don't know if I can do this anymore. I don't know how to do this. And Joseph was there. I don't know what to do either. And there she was all by herself. She was travailing to give birth to what was within her womb. But I tell you what, there are many of us here today that God has put something on the inside. And at times you may be driving, you may be praying, you may be singing, you might be in church, you may be at home. But all of a sudden there's something inside of you that you know God has put down on the inside of you. And you hope for somebody to come in and get it out of you. And you hope that something just happens to stir it up and cause it to come out of you. But it may through be through the virgin travail of a person who has received something by the Holy Ghost that you start praying like you've never prayed before. You may have to put your prayer books on the side and get down in the Spirit and let the Spirit teach you how to pray. How the Spirit teach you how to yearn. Let the Spirit teach you how to travail. Let the Spirit teach you how to how to supplicate and how to glorify and how to pray. It will come when you are going through that birthing. The thing that God has put in your womb, that divine, supernatural importation from God is going to come out. Your life will be changed and the world around you will be changed. But it had to come from somebody who wasn't all pre-recorded by some man, but got it fresh from the angel of God and the Holy Ghost herself. And there is coming a pure intercession from pure hearts in the church. And that's what Habakkuk started doing started praying out of a pure heart about this. And it says in verse 4, I mean, chapter 2, verse 4, Behold the proud, his soul is not upright in him, but the just. Say the just. Say that's me. Shall live by faith. Now chapter 3, and I'll finish with this. Chapter 3. I'll finish with this chapter. Habakkuk chapter 3. Here's Habakkuk, the prophet, praying. Verse 2 says, O Lord... I have heard your speech and was afraid. O Lord, revive your work in the midst of the years. How many say amen? Amen. In the midst of the years, make it known. And here we go. And in your anger, remember mercy. Listen, this is the man who started crying out. In your anger, remember mercy. In your wrath, remember mercy. Say that with me. O Lord... In your wrath, remember mercy. Just like you and I need mercy, this nation needs mercy. Lord, in your wrath, remember mercy. And going down to verse 14, the Lord spoke and it spoke about the natural disasters and it spoke about the wars. And verse 16, look what it says. When I heard, my body trembled. My lips quivered at the voice. Rottenness entered my bones and I trembled at myself. You see, he's going, he's feeling the effects of what's going on. He says, listen what he says though, but listen, we're seeing everything that was coming. Listen church, listen what he says. That my rest, that I might rest in the day of trouble. He lost control of it. It says his knees buckled. He started convulsing. He didn't know what to do. When he got a vision of what was coming, he didn't know what to do. But he said, wait a minute, that I might rest in the day of trouble. When he comes up to the people, he will invade with his troops. He saw the horror. 
He knew what was coming. But listen to the heart of this man. He said, even in the day of trouble, they might find rest. Listen, here it goes. We used to sing this song, but we used to sing it, you know, not knowing. He was talking about after the devastation. He says, though the fig tree may not blossom. And I don't care if there's no fruit on the vines. They may labor to save Wall Street all they want to and may not avail. The fields may yield no food. The flock may be cut off from the fold. And there'll be no herds in the stalls. How are we going to live? How are we going to survive? How are we going to eat? Verse 18. Yet will I rejoice in the Lord. I will joy in the God of my salvation. Come on. Yet will I rejoice. Listen, if you want to hear the news and not be afraid, if you want to get up every day not saying I'm working in vain, I don't know how many more days I may have this job. Son, I don't know how many, much longer we may have this house or this car. If you want to hear the bad news and talk along the bad news, that's one thing. But here's this prophet of God saying, I've seen the devastation. I've seen the destruction. I've seen the enemy as worst. I've seen a heavenly armed troop and I've seen an invasion of the enemy. But I don't care if what I believed in doesn't exist anymore. I don't care if there's no way to eat, sleep, or what to sleep in, or even to drive. I've learned a secret in God. Yet will I rejoice in the Lord of my salvation. I'm going to praise Him. I'm going to glorify Him. I'm going to rejoice in the Lord God my Maker. And I know some people are saying right now, well that just doesn't sound like faith. You know what? Sometimes what people call faith doesn't sound like my God, but I know my God. It doesn't depend on what I see. It doesn't depend by what I know. It depends that my God is the ruler over all the things of the universe. He put it in control. And He's still in control. You say, what you going to do? You see that bomb coming. I'm going to stand there, look at it, and go, I will rejoice. I may be shaken. I may be shaken. But I'm going to say, I will rejoice in the Lord God. And I will probably say, God, make it fast. I'll probably say that too. But you know what? I'm not going to worry about the fruit falling off the vine. I'm not going to worry about all the cattle dying in the stalls. I'm not going to worry about what can die and what may not be here when I need it. I'm going to rejoice every day in the God of my salvation. And then, then he's not through. This man's smart. He says, I'm going to finish this book off like this. Verse 19. Then he called the musicians and they started playing. It says in verse 19, the Lord God is my strength. It's not the calves, it's not the vine, it's not the olives. The Lord God is my strength. He says, he will make my feet like deer's feet. And he will make me to walk on my high heels. You know, that just sounded... Like nothing, but then I looked it up and I'll finish. This is my ending. You get your full 750 today. You know what he's saying about the feet and the heels and the deer and the sheep? He's saying, even in the midst of trouble and turmoil, I'm going to keep climbing spiritually. And no matter what's going on, I'm not staying to be a part of it. I'm going to keep rejoicing. I'm going to keep praying. I'm going to keep singing. I'm not going to be saying why God, but I'm going to keep saying praise God. 
No matter what's going on, He's going to cause me to keep climbing. I'm going to keep rejoicing. I'm going to keep singing. I'm going to keep walking around with a smile. And they're going, you said this was going to happen. No, God said this was going to happen. And since you chose not to prepare yourself, but I did, while you're there in the midst of it trying to prepare yourself, I've already been prepared. I've been seeking my God, reading the Word, fasting, praying, and seeking God. And while you chose to keep just being churchy, I decided I'm going to go ahead and be spiritual. And I want to seek my God. I want to find my strength in my God. Because this is what it all goes down to. I read a story the other day. I finished the story. How many of you ever stay when a movie's over to see what the very end has? You've seen X-Men. Okay. There was this old hermit that these teenage boys wanted to do a trick. So they grabbed this little bird. And they said, listen, I'm going to grab this bird. I'm going to hold it in my hand. I want you to ask that old hermit when he comes by, ask him, is the bird dead or alive? And if he says he's dead, I'm going to let him loose. If he says he's alive, I'm going to squeeze him. So they call the old hermit. Here comes this old hermit. And they go, hey, old man, is this bird dead or is it alive? And the old man just looked him in the eyes. It's as you choose. And the word of the Lord today for America. It's as you choose. Death or life. Let's stand. Jesus. Please don't forget, if you've written your request down, you can put them at the altar. You don't have to sign them. After service, you can put them down here. We're going to intercede and we're going to pray over them for intercession. Don't forget tonight, we're going to end with our, our movie tonight with the two greatest needs in America. We did the three last Sunday. We're going to do the two tonight, which is the third. The second one is the economy. What the government says and others say about it, but then what the prophets say about it. And then the first biggest need in America for America to be saved. That would be tonight, 6 o'clock. But right now, at this moment, the question and your choice is do you choose life or do you choose death? Are you ready to give up the cursed thing? That because God cannot overlook the evil and He cannot overlook the cursed thing, you're not where you're supposed to be. You heard the word of the Lord together. Not given by me, given by God. If you're here today and you say, my life is not right with God, I want you to bow your head and close your eyes. And I want you to raise your hand. Nobody looking around. I want you to raise your hand and say, I want you to pray for me. My life is not right with God. Just raise it. I won't embarrass you. Just raise it before God. God bless you. God bless you. Yes. God bless you. Just raise it and you can put it right back down. Anyone else? I've got to get my life. God bless you. I see you. Yes, my sister. God bless you. Yes. Yes. God bless you. God bless you. Yes. God bless you. God bless you. Oh, God bless you. Thank you for confessing. He says if you confess it, he is faithful and just to forgive it. Now pray this with me together. Heavenly Father. Forgive me 
For I am a sinner. Forgive me for my rebellion and controlling my own life. Today, I invite Jesus into my heart to be my Lord and my Savior. Lord, I surrender to you wholeheartedly right now. Forgive me of my sins. Show me where I'm wrong. Give me the grace to change what needs to be changed. Give me your grace to live faithfully for you. I love you. And I surrender to you today. And I thank you that I'm saved. I am strong. And I am overcoming. In Jesus' name. Amen. As we get ready to pray for your people, Father, we just come against the spirit of fear. The tormenting spirit of the enemy and of circumstances that would drive the minds and the body sickly into the nerves and in strain. And we pray that by your Holy Spirit, that every shackle and chain be broken from every form of fear off of their lives now. We renounce fear. It, we do, it does not have permission. In fact, fear, you are trespassing in the lives and the minds of the redeemed of the Lord. I command by the power of the living Spirit of God. That every form of fear, whether it be from childhood or now. Be broken, for you have not given us that spirit. We have received the spirit from above, whereby we cry, Our Abba, Father. And we command that fear to go. And we break fear from trying to destroy our nation. And destroy your church. And we go to our rock and declare that no matter what the enemy tries to do, we are not remembering the power of the oppressor. We are remembering the God of all comfort. We break the fear of division over our nation, God. And we pray that your people will remember that we are endowed by our Creator, Yahweh. To live a life of life and liberty and happiness. And we come against the Antichrist spirit trying to destroy our nation. But that you in the midst of this will tabernacle your church that the world may see that the grace we have is from above and not here on this earth whereby we walk and you are glorified. We bless your people with courage, with boldness, and a hunger to get out of the mold and get in the spirit and in the new as we worship and we seek you. In Jesus' name. Church, I love you. I bless you. I have to commit to you. A true father will speak truth to his children. And if a preacher does not preach the truth, he truly does not love. Because we are commanded to speak the truth if we love. So I speak the truth to you. Because I do love you enough 
to speak the truth. Because God loves you enough to give you the truth. I'll love you and I'll bless you. May His light shine on you. In Jesus' name.